What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Hey, What You Watching, the weekly podcast from Marcelo Pico and I discuss the films we've been watching. This is episode 58, The Podcast Adventure, and I'm your host, Matt Curione, and with me as usual is... Hey, it's your co-host, Marcelo Pico. How you doing, Matt? Trying to survive a fire. <laughs> a fire that is America? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great, Everything's isn't it? happening that's that's good in, in life. It's it's fun when we do these afternoon recordings and news happens right beforehand and we're just new, trying... New. Fun yeah. fact, news happens all the time. <laughs> we're trying to gather our thoughts and trying to come up with like uh, quality entertainment. Yes. And, and not no, think, but it's... It, and not think but of yeah, the... Today's... <laughs> wait, let me, let me just say, we try not to think of the impending nuclear holocaust. Anyway, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, no, I'm actually doing pretty good, all things considered. Uh, just got out of work. It's a good day. I picked up some movies, and I'm going to watch them when we're done recording. <laughs> oh, and I'm sure we'll hear about what those movies were on the next episode. At uh, least one of them. At least one Because of them. I've wanted to see this movie for years and years, and I've never been able to find it. Uh, mm. And I finally own it, and it's going to be a good time. And I'm sure you'll you'll reveal what movie that was on the next episode. It's, it, it's a teaser. It's the, no, it's not. It's the China Syndrome from oh, 1979. <laughs> you don't know how to play the game, the podcast. I'm game, Matthew. not playing that game. Always have to because if I <laughs> if I say the title, I'm in, I'm in. I need to watch it because then it'll be letting people down if I don't talk about it. <laughs> we don't want to let people down. We love our listeners. We love them all. Because let me tell you, I really want to watch a 70s nuclear paranoia film starring a uh, a, a bearded Michael Douglas and a long-haired Jack Lemmon. I'm all about it. Speaking of nuclear holocausts, yep. Uh, yeah, right? uh, it's, t- it's, it's timely. <laughs> I have had a busy week, a busy morning. I just published something on TalkFromSociety.com, which... Me too. I'll, I'll you know... Uh, I'll talk about my movie. I mean, you published an OJ Made in America article. Yes, I was uh, on the defense for that one. Yes, uh, and I, I, it, it <laughs> I think that stemmed from partly from somebody on Twitter who who should not mm-hmm. be named. Not just that person, but other people on Twitter too, or just in the film community who have said that OJ Made in America is not a, le- a legitimate film that should not be in the running. For fun fact, it is. It is, yeah. Let's let's not dive into it because we want to make this a short episode. But yeah, it's it's nominated for best documentary at the Oscars. Uh, yeah. It's nominated at the talk at the Talk Film Society Awards for best, for film, best film and best documentary. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it's it's a film, guys. It is. Yeah. It, if a- I had been able to go with my original title. Uh, that point would have gotten across in the headline. <laughs> what, what, it, was, what was it? it was originally called OJ Made America. It's a film, damn it. <laughs> oh, and speaking of the Talk Film Society Awards, by this point, all the winners would have been announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, so congratulations to all the winners. I am the uh, the ballot counter, so at this point, this is Thursday. When we're, when we're recording this, the ballot closes on Friday. I know what's in the lead and what's not in the lead and what's Congratulations, La La Land. <laughs> I know what's 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 about to happen, so I won't reveal anything here because I like to keep that close to the vest before the awards are announced. That but that yeah. was just a guess, by the way. I have no idea what these results no, are. No, Matt does not Matt I don't, I don't think Matt will know until Sunday. So nobody will know, uh except for me until the very end, so yeah, uh, I, I, that that that's how I play it. I don't. I I do like to tease things. I will say, yeah, it's been a close race, 
But we'll see what wins. And, oh, by this point, you'll see what won. And maybe you'll be surprised. Maybe you won't. That's oh, a tease. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, right now, I'm just teasing Matt right now. <laughs> you're such a jerk. Anyway, yes. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the awards. I hope you're still reading the websites. We're doing well, Matt and I. Now, Matt, I think, you know, that's... The chat section is done. We we managed to do an intro without talking about Taco Bell or fast food, so that's good. But we just mentioned it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. Better luck next episode. But, okay. <laughs> Speaking of our great listeners, let's, let's uh, clue them in to what we're going to be discussing on this episode. All right. Yes. Uh, Matt's Riddle Corner, where I give cryptic clues about what we'll be talking about. Well, we're going to talk about two chapters in an exciting new action franchise. That's pretty good, right? We're going to be ta- we're also going to be talking about a uh, belated sequel to one of the coolest sci-fi films of the 80s. And then we're going to put some bricks together in Gotham City. And then we're going to hang out with Amy Adams and watch her get snubbed by some heptopods. And then we're going to talk about Chris Cooper? He's in that movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's in that, except he's not a pot farmer. Wasn't that another movie he was in? Anyway, we're going to then we're going to talk about uh Two couples and their trials and tribulations and how their spouses hate, them, hate each other. And then we're going to go back to the revolutionary times with Michael Mann. And then we're going to talk about some Ridley Scott uh, Crusades goodness. And then I'm going to spend a few minutes uh, discussing the holy trinity of 70s disaster films. Yay. And you know what won't be a disaster? This podcast. Uh-huh. No, it won't. No. Usually, they, usually we do pretty well. Pretty, usually. Usually. Oh, and I should say thanks for everybody... Uh, for for listening, uh, I've I've caught up on the feed. I mean, this won't matter if you're listening like a month from now. But I recently caught up po- and gave everybody like four episodes within a week. So I hope you enjoyed yeah. that. So, oh, and yeah, the, the, the the hits on those are actually doing pretty well. We're it's nice. And I should also say we've gotten zero iTunes reviews so far. Uh, it, it, so I'm I'm hey, waiting. Come for, on, guys, <laughs> I'm waiting for our first one. Do it. Do it we now. have one iTunes review. <laughs> Come on. Uh, okay, so we're, we're waiting. Okay, we're, I, I have the champagne ready whenever it happens, and and, and you'll hear. That'll it be the up. new. That'll be the new stipulation for when I uh, book a guest. I'll be like, you can be on the show, but you need to leave an iTunes. Review. <laughs> listen to the show <laughs> and read a review, or don't listen to the show and just leave a five star review. That's all. And if and if you leave a five star review without being prompted, maybe I'll invite you on the show. <laughs> there you go. So if contract you- is not binding. <laughs> There are exceptions. Okay. Speaking of guests, we have a guest uh, on this episode of the show. Isn't that right, Matt? We do. Uh, yes, uh, this week's guest, uh, he's a friend of mine. He's from uh, from the Twitters. Uh, his name is John Schmidt. How are you, John? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Great, John. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, you know, it's a pleasure to discuss some movies with you. Yes, that's what we're here to do, to discuss movies. Uh, it's, I was gonna say, At least we try to. <laughs> I'm a little, you know, but just just to so you're aware, I'm a little disappointed we didn't talk about Taco Bell in the beginning, um, because <laughs> you know that's just that's just been a, a great theme you guys have had going now lately. Oh, you, you've listened to the past three episodes. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I apologize for all of that. <laughs> I, I didn't mean for that to happen, but it did. Uh, but no, I mean, uh, uh, Matt, is there anything to report on the Taco Bell front? No, you, you, uh, you, no, but I'm also, I'm still waiting on that KFC Chitza, Chitza, Chizza thing. Chizza, uh, yeah. God. Uh, yeah, and once you have it, once you put it in your mouth, uh, you need to report back. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll be doing a live stream. Are you kidding yeah. me? We'll do a full episode on it once it comes oh. out. 
I don't. Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> okay, I think I don't want to. <laughs> you're you're gonna. I think Matt. I think it's time to get to know our guest a little better. It is. Welcome back to Get to Know You, where we make sure that our guest is a real life human being and not some robot sent from the future to destroy us all. Is that what I'm not? I'm not a robot. <laughs> John, are you ready to be get to known? Yes, I am ready right. to get to know or to let everyone get to know me about that. Okay, uh, real quick, what is the first movie you remember seeing in a theater? So the first movie that I I know I saw in a theater is E.T., uh, oh, you know, awesome. 1982. Um, the one thing I would say about that, though, that is not the memorable film for me. As yeah. far as my first film, uh, if I were to say what is my first memorable film, it's Return of the Jedi uh, the year later. Oh, that's badass. So I can that vividly was, uh... remember seeing that and watching that. Whereas E.T., I know that I saw it, and but it's not a movie that I really hold near and dear to my heart. So I think that's why it doesn't really stick with me. That's one of those movies where, like, one day you asked, like, hey, Mom, Dad, what was the first movie I, I saw? And they're like, oh, I think it was E.T. And you're like, yeah, maybe. I don't remember that. <laughs> no, it's actually, I do remember going. I just don't, uh, I'll be honest, it's not a film that I really found all that enjoyable. I know it's a yeah. classic and, and, and it's a good movie, but it's not something that I was like, oh, wow, that was awesome. And I'll remember that forever. You know, and I, and I got stuck with the Atari 2600 game of it afterwards so you know that says a lot right there i still own that game i yes, still own the cartridge it's uh it's definitely a video game that happens <laughs> <laughs> if anyone can figure that shit out more more power to you because sure why not there's phones and pits and there's reese's pieces i think Ugh. yes yes there was all that all that goodness to it i remember playing a good amount of it trying to figure out how to how what I was supposed to be doing and yeah I don't think I ever got it have you guys seen that documentary that talks about that game oh the game over yeah I think that's it yes I have it's actually really good yeah it's very interesting yeah it's on uh, Netflix right now yeah uh, or it should, back, should still be on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. We we should say uh, we don't know if it's still on there, but it was on there when I saw it. So look. Yeah, it, it was on there at one point in time. So maybe yeah. it's still there. Who knows? So don't get on us uh, if if it's not on there anymore. We don't want to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Not at all. Uh, Marcelo, do you have a question? John. Uh, yes. Since we'll be talking about it in a bit uh, on the topic of this, what are some of your favorite, or what is your favorite uh, revenge film or films? My favorite revenge film. Well, you guys did Jaws already a couple weeks ago, so we won't do that. <laughs> Jaws calling the revenge, yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess I would say, if I stick with the sci-fi side of things, we'd say Revenge of the Sith. How about that? Okay. Okay, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I, John, are you overall a, a defender of the prequels? I am not a defender of the prequels, uh, in general, I what I would say is that I defend parts of them and that they're not a complete abomination. Uh, they have their moments and they have their place, and there's a, there's there's good stuff in there, and there's there's also the bad. So it's a mix. Uh, but I do find that Revenge of the Sith is probably the best of the three. Almost oh, definitely, I agree with that one. Yeah, and I, I I agree with your general statement. I think John, it I've I've got I've come a long way from. Like I think three years ago, saying they're the worst thing ever created, <laughs> but having no, they're not that bad. No, but having sat through like a marathon of all seven, I've I've gotten to 
say, you know, it's it's Lucas's vision, and sure, it's some of it's very bad, but overall, it, it, I I appreciate what he did. So that's that, that's what I like to say. Yeah, we have to take the good with the bad when it comes to what Lucas has done since he, you know, since he did the first three, and how he's manipulated them, and then created the prequels and everything. I mean, if not for the prequels, we don't have Darth Maul. So what are you going to do true. without that? Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, to counterbalance that, we have Jar Jar Binks. So it's, it's that's like very a, true. It's like a balance. Yes, we do balance in the universe. Uh, it's like matter and antimatter. Anyway, uh, Matt, do you have another question? Yes. Um, yeah, John. What is uh, what movie are you most looking forward to this year? So this year, I would say, and I, I get into a lot of the, the comic book movies and stuff like that. I am incredibly curious to see just how good Wonder Woman will be um, and also whether or not DZ can pull anything off with uh, Justice League but as far as what's on my mind right now I really want to see uh, Logan in a few weeks and that's really the film Same. I think that, that holds out for me right now saying the one that I just have to see this year oh yeah uh, it one of our editors on Talk From Society, Mr. Rob Trench, is lucky enough to see that tonight, uh, Thursday, as of this recording. Uh, that bastard. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a jerk. He's a real jerk. Everything I've heard, because they had, uh, I think, last year at Buttonomathon in Austin. Yeah, they I had think, like a 40-minute preview of it? Yeah, yeah, and like other, I forget, like a theater expo, whatever. They've been screening the first 40 minutes uh, at a few select places, and yeah, from what I've from the buzz from those places it's it's going to be at least it's going to be better than the last two Wolverine movies that's that, I think that's for sure I I was not a fan of the Wolverine uh, oh I, I love that movie no I don't at all so I, outside of the last outside of the final battle I love that movie I kind of like last time I saw it I just kind of was kind of sleepy through it it, it, it just was kind of boring to me which is a shame boo but I really I have, yeah. I, uh, go ahead John Sorry, I was going to say, I have to agree with Matt as far as uh, the Wolverine in that. The, that movie is actually really good up until the final battle. Yeah. The whole thing with that armor suit and everything is just ridiculous. It's kind of like uh, they forgot what kind of... The studio is like, yeah, but we're making a superhero movie. You need a big fight at the end. Right. And James Mangold was like, yeah, I don't want to. So they're like, all right, do it anyway. <laughs> so you know, let's hope that... Uh, uh, the reason why they didn't show the rest of Wolverine, uh, sorry Logan, is that there's not a you know 40 minute CGI battle with like uh, a villain at the end of that movie. Let's I hope that fully, ex- Let's I hope fully that expect Logan to make me cry my eyes out. Yeah, yeah. It looks sad. So yeah, I'm which is what I'm looking forward to, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that comes out like in what three weeks. So yeah, yeah. I'm excited too. I'm excited. Uh, okay, I think. Hey Matt, I think we've gotten to know John. He has been to known. He has been to known. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> all right, now it's time for the meat portion of the show. Yeah, like all we're gonna, I just had a sandwich for lunch, and now we're going to oh. record a sandwich. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the new name of the podcast. The sandwich podcast. Meatcast. Meat. <laughs> Ew. Uh, let's see. Transition into meat. You know there's a lot of meat in heads, and you know uh, heads tend to explode when... They have bullets inside them, so... Yeah, and you know Keanu Reeves is pretty good at doing that. (laughs) So John Wick. Yeah, we... All of us saw um, John Wick Chapter 2 this weekend. Yes. uh, Because it is our duty. 
as as movie fans to do so. Uh, let's start with you, Marcelo. What do okay. you think? I loved it. I really did. I I loved it so much. I saw it twice over the weekend. Wow. Okay. And I I don't know it. I was having a conversation with some friends the first time I saw it, and they're like, "Oh no, it's definitely not as good as the first one." Then I think I thought I was thinking about. It, I was like, "Is it as good as the first one?" I don't know. There, so I had to see it again, and I think at this point I'll say it's just as good as the first one. Okay, which is is saying a lot because okay. I love the first John Wick. I do. Yes, it's I, quite good. I rewatched the first one before seeing the second one, and it so did I. It definitely helped. I think with the second one because the chapter two is definitely a, a direct continuation of yeah. of the first one, and it it you know chapter two expands the universe, uh, builds on John Wick's um, his voyage into hopefully getting out of this uh, hitman system. Yeah, good luck. Which he's bound to, and uh, not to spoil things, but by the end, they do set up a chapter three. And uh, right. continuing John John Wick's you know journey, and by the after each viewing after chapter two round one chapter two round two I was like uh, I was like stuck in my seat and just thinking I want to see chapter three like right now right now that's yes I, I want no other movie except chapter three right now so yeah I, I Keanu is is amazing uh, <laughs> like like John Wick one. In chapter two, he does a lot of his own stunts, yeah, and Which you is see awesome. it, you see it like full frame Keanu just kicking ass, shooting people in the head. Uh, I'm sure he does a lot of his own driving stunts too. There's like plenty yeah, of driving stunts there. He does, but yeah, it's it's like like front and center. I, 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 I like second time watching it, I had to like step out of my like my body for a bit and like just realize that in in 2017, like America, this audience. We're watching a new Keanu Reeves action movie, and and loving it. It's it, yeah, it's it's a blessing. <laughs> it is. The, the audience I saw it with, they dug it up. They laughed. They were in shock during most moments of the movie. I won't spoil the moments. There are at least two moments where I was. I just. I just. I let out like a shriek because yeah, <laughs> I I was like wow. This I think I think some of the action for sure tops the first one. I'll Almost say that definitely. for sure. Yeah. Story-wise, maybe not as um, defined, not as like powerful as the first one, because I mean, you, you you can't get over the first one how his uh, his motive, John Wick's motive of revenge is is to get back at the people who who killed his dog. You can't, yeah, we can't really top that. And 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 it, it's a good thing that Chapter Two doesn't really repeat that. It it does its own thing, but yeah, you can't get over how great that opening is in, in Chapter One. But Chapter Two manages to continue the story. I think just as well. Uh, Which so, yeah. I think another. What I think is crazy is these two movies so far have happened in the span of what a week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, rewatching the first one, like his wife dies like a day before. Oh yeah, like that day, and then he gets the dog, and then he goes on his rampage, and that's like what two days out of his life. Yeah, it, it, it's and about that. And then John Wick Chapter Two is like the next few days. Yeah, it, uh, this is this is crazy compact. And yeah, again, not to give away chapter three, but I think things are gonna. I think I think the first three movies in this hopefully like one hundred part series. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, I love wish. that. 
I think these first three movies will take place over like you know two weeks or something. It's yeah, crazy. I'm fine with yeah. this. And and it works uh, with with like repeat viewings. I can't wait to buy the Blu-ray of Chapter Two and like rewatch it back to back with like the first movie. Yeah, it, it, this. I mean, the story works so well together. These two, and I, again, I I can't wait. I I did not expect to like. Cause I knew Chapter Two was going to be good. Yeah, I didn't expect to be like fully into this John Wick franchise where I'm like I'm just chomping at the bit for Chapter Three. So that's uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for like this uh, these filmmakers, Keanu Reeves. I'm glad it's a success. I think it made like. Like what, like twice or three times as much its first weekend yeah. than the first yeah, movie. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm still kind of buzzing about it. It's it, it's a hell John. What do you think? So you know, I went into chapter two with a with a good open mind as far as what I saw in the first one, and uh, and it definitely delivered. I mean, if you like the first one, there's no reason, there's nothing about the second one that you're not going to like uh, as a fan. Of the first one, for sure. So, um, I did like that they kind of went into it right after, you know, like you guys were just talking about, ending it, picking up right where they left off in the first one. And uh, the action is just unbelievable. And definitely tops the first one in that in that perspective, I think. And, yeah, there's a lot uh, of really cool set pieces in this that top most things that happened in the first one. Like, that whole mirror, mirror room sequence yes. in this one, holy shit. <laughs> the mirror room stuff, the build, the the uh, him getting essentially suited up, as yes. we see. Yes, was I just, love that. Was just awesome. And um, it was the little, you know, it's really the little things like that that really made it, I think, that made it an enjoyable watch. And and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I know when I walked out of, walked out of the theater after watching it, you you just felt like... You're John Wick, and you're walking out of the, you know you're walking out of there, and you just you just kind of feel badass as you're walking out of the theater for yep. watching. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm telling you, like I, if, if they play Chapter Three right then and there, I was like, I'm good. I can stay for another two hours. Yeah. I have, I have no plans. <laughs> I I do have um I I don't have many problems with this movie. This the second one, like it's very hard to think of problems. Uh, I would like to point out how great the performances are. Uh, Ian McShane yet again, awesome. Yeah, like, he really nailed his part. He, he is he, well. he is next level in this movie. And I saw a really funny tweet about this. It said, uh, "My only uh, conceit is that there's not enough Ian McShane, but the movie could be called Ian McShane, and he could be in every scene, and you would still not have enough Ian McShane." <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who said that, but that was that was that. Yeah, I agree with that totally. Uh, but. And this just might this okay, listeners. If you haven't seen this, it's going to get into spoiler talk. But okay, yeah, just just uh, fast forward like three minutes, whatever. Okay, uh, his reaction at the end when John Wick kills that prick, yeah, <laughs> uh, in the restaurant, <laughs> and like you just see the look in Ian McShane's face. His whole face goes down. He's like, "What have you done?" Because you can tell that he has a special relationship with John, or as he calls him, Jonathan. I mean, he's the only character that calls him by his full name. Like, he's basically, you could tell he's like kind of like a father figure to John Wick, and like, it kills him that he needs to excommunicate him from this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I loved uh, Lawrence Fishburne. In, yes, in the as, uh, as the Bowery King. Yeah, the, the audience I saw it with, uh, 
I, I heard people mumbling saying, "Oh, it, it's it's Morpheus, it's Morpheus." So. Which also, yes, uh, Carrie Ann Moss for Chapter Three, please. Somehow, <laughs> make That's her. A, that would be a nice pick. Have her. I okay. Here's how I see they could do it. She could be another excommunicated assassin that he hooks up with. Oh yeah, yeah. And All right, and also more spoiler talk. Uh, common. He's not dead, right? No, he, uh, no, he's not dead. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Dead. Okay. Good. All right. See, okay. Yeah, because he he was, also that's a good role too. He yeah, yeah. Common well. is, Common is awesome in this, and that actually their fight in the subway had one of my favorite laugh out loud moments uh, when they're they're walking on two separate levels and they're just shooting their silences off at each other, and <laughs> each, I'm like, ah, this is awesome. Each of my audiences, both of them, they were laughing at that point. Oh like, my god, it's funny it's, as hell. It's ridiculous. It's it's insane. It's great though. So uh, yeah, for for chapter three, what I want is I want Keanu Reeves to team up with Common. Carrie Ann Moss and the Doorman, because <laughs> I honestly think I honestly think that the Doorman is going to help Wick. Here's like okay, speaking of like uh, uh, things. Well, I won't say things I don't like, but like uh, low low points, not low points, like <sighs> not as positive Mis- things. Misgivings, <laughs> I, whatever. Like things I don't. I wish were better handled. Maybe like it it it, it does feel like. A, the second part of like a trilogy or like a longer series, mm. they leave a lot of threads open, which like overall I'm fine with. Like I I I've, I'm I'm a grown up now. Okay, I don't care really about you know waiting two years for a movie. Like it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. I uh, mean, I want it now. Yeah, I do want it now. But I'll wait. But I'll wait. I'm I'm patient enough that I can wait. Uh, it's like that uh, Hamilton song. I can wait for it. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, they leave a lot of threads open. Like maybe, maybe a bit too many. Uh, but hey, it's it, it's a part of a series. And again, like I'm, I can wait for chapter three uh, as long as like the, the the filmmakers, like the same ones, come together and uh, to make it the same screenwriter because they had the same screen screenwriter for one and two. So yeah, as long as uh, he comes back, I'm sure. Of course, Keanu's going to come back, and I'm sure a lot of the cast is going to come back. So yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to them at least covering some of these loose ends and and kind of because I, I don't know like I, they could either uh, end it with three or they could make more well they I, said they wanted to do a trilogy yeah so I'm good with three if, if they can like stick the landing you know cover all these loose ends yes yeah. like have like a uh, finality with John Wick the character uh, it'd be it'd go down as one of the best trilogies ever which yeah. is which oh, is totally un- agreed which is unexpected I, I didn't think I'd find myself saying that but hey, that, that's where we are. So that's because yeah, I'll, I'll say one last thing. It, it, it. I thought for b- before its release, I thought you know it's going to be like a kind of like a standalone movie, you know. But I didn't expect this kind of nope. this like this arc to go through the no. entire thing. So I think and that's, all that that's all that lore. Oh yeah, so much. Oh lore. my goodness, I love it. <laughs> you as a lore lover, Matt, I'm sure you were <laughs> Holy digging. Shit. Oh, I was dying during this movie. I was like, um, they, they mentioned things. They're like the high table. I'm like, what's the high table? Tell me about the high table. That's awesome. I'm uh, sure. I'm sure we'll find out in chapter three. I'm sure in the third one we will see the high table. Ooh, yeah. And so, you know, Marcel, I'm with Matt on that one. I I pick up on all the lore stuff, too. So, yeah, I was picking up on these little tidbits and just like, yeah, what's what's that? What's am I going to see that? We're going to show it. What's going on? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But I I, I, I said this about the first one. It's my favorite comic book movie, not based on a comic book. Yeah, Uh, yeah. that's very true. It, It also has video game elements. Yes, 
I, I pointed that out after the first viewing. I was like, hey, you know, I, I can see. I, I don't understand why a video game of this hasn't been made already, right? Where yeah, you set up yeah. you set up basic rules, and even okay, like basic rules, like you can't kill anybody in the in in, in the hotel, right? And if you do, it's game over. Yeah, yeah. Or like, I think one of the out of the many favorite aspects of the movie, like maybe one of my favorites, is like when he when John Wick. I mean, this is kind of a spoiler. When he gets um, sent off to his like final mission, where he has to kill this guy, this prick, yeah. and he's only given seven bullets, right? That was cool. That was amazing. <laughs> a million yeah, dollars a bullet, cool. and you count every single bullet he shoots, and he has to, you know, grab bad guys, you know, uh, bullets after he shoots him in the head to just to. <laughs> and he just, just looks at his gun. And he's like, "That shit." <laughs> So it's amazing. So these like little, yeah, like you say, Matt, like comic book uh, aspects of it, and I, yeah, and it's I find really like nifty video game <laughs> aspects of it. It, it yeah, it, it, it uh, it's just amazing, amazing franchise with so many great elements. So yeah, yeah, uh, and the colors, my goodness, <laughs> this, nice. this, this movie's pretty. Yeah, it is. It's it starts with like uh, they're in Times Square, right, with that car chase. Yeah, the yeah, neon colors. Yeah, a de- a desolate Times Square. It's uh, really cool. It's cool. With frickin' Buster Keaton being projected on the building. That's oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> but I guess the other the other spoiler thing that, that I'd like to add here is and it's and it's right in the beginning, so you know, everybody give us a minute or two here if you don't want to hear yeah. it, but how he can let his car get destroyed. Oh my god. <laughs> and that and that scene when you know when he has a toad and, and he has uh, uh, what's his name look at it and go, Yeah, like twenty twenty yeah. like He's like, I thought you loved this car. Yeah. And he's like, no, I just loved what was in the car. I got it. It's fine. Yeah. Right, right. Like, if you're a car guy, like, watching that, you're just like, oh, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Matt, like, Matt, you just said, like, it makes sense that, like, why he would go after that car and why he would want it that badly. Like, he just wants, like, a memento from that car, it seems like. Also, hey, great. Peter Stormare, awesome in yes. this. And oh. like the small part that he's in, when he showed up, like half my theater just like cracked up laughing. I love. I did not know he was in this. And Neither I, did I. I love that guy. I was so. I love Peter Stormare. I think. I think. We've discussed, I think we've discussed this long ago, Matt. Like how great. Yeah, I think Peter when Stormare we. Is. I think. I think when we talked about Armageddon, we talked about yeah. Peter Stormare <laughs> and our love affair with this man. I want him in chapter three. I want. Him, I, I'm sure. Maybe they'll fit him in somehow. I, I'm sure we'll see uh, Lawrence Fishburne. So, oh, most definitely. The Bowery like said, will come back. So if if you're gonna bring everybody back, bring back uh, Pierce Stormare. Why not? Yes. Yes, please. please. Yeah. Uh, so that was John Wick. John Wick Chapter Two. God, I want to see it again. Yeah, I, I'm glad. But there's so twice. many movies coming out that I, I just don't have time to see it again. I'm not caught up on a movie we'll talk about later, which I still need to see. Uh, but, uh, hey, speaking of things to catch up on, if you're in the Los Angeles, California, whoever area, uh, I know they're playing this movie, the movie we're going to discuss next. They're playing that in IMAX 3D. with the direct- Yeah, with the director uh, giving a Q&A oh, afterwards. Oh, shit. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, which one of us saw Tron Legacy? John did. Ooh. That would be me. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So, so go ahead, John. Uh, so Tron Legacy, for anybody who isn't aware, is the sequel to the original Tron. And uh, that is a movie near and dear to my heart and that I saw and actually got me into uh, my love of computers and stuff at a very young age, obviously, and movies, uh, both in that respect. And uh, also made me a fan of Bruce Boxleitner 
from day one. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> he's the best. And it's it's one of those things that's so funny that it's he plays the title character, but yet his character is not really the title character of the movies at all. Yeah, no, he's um, just he's basically it, like it's very supplemental. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very supplemental and in fact uh you know, and in the second one it's almost in Tron Legacy, it's a it's a little bit I remember when I first saw it, it's a little bit disappointing the fact that He's there, but it's not... You don't get Tron, really, yeah. at all. So, um, one of the reasons that I wanted to rewatch this recently was the fact that I love the soundtrack of the film, mm-hmm. um, but also, you know, uh, just to rewatch because I've heard other people talk about Tron Legacy in relation to Star Wars uh, Rogue One because of the facial um, okay, yeah, yeah. animation that they did between, you know... Because Legacy did it first, so Tron Legacy did it first with with the uh, Flynn's character and Clue, and to show him younger, and um, what we saw with Tarkin and everything in Rogue One. So that's one of the reasons that I really wanted to rewatch it to kind of get that comparison. Because I've heard some people talk about it, and they thought that Legacy was not as good as it was in Rogue One. And after rewatching, I have to say that Legacy, I think, is still right there as far as the way they were able to do um, that virtual effect yeah, for, the, yeah, for yeah. the facial. I mean, it is a little bit... You can definitely tell that it's not it's not an actor's face, right? It comes off It comes off as a little bit of like a bobblehead. A little bit, yeah. You but can, like, it's, it's, it's the emotion you don't get from the face, yeah. I think, the most. But what I, I how I've defended it is uh, they use it for the Clue character who is a computer program. So yes, that's one way you can defend that. <laughs> Absolutely, and the other and the the only time it does come off a little bit odd is when they do the one scene where he's with his son uh, in the bedroom in the real world in yeah. the real world. Yeah. So, but otherwise, I mean, Tron Legacy I think is underrated uh, from my perspective as Agreed. far as not just from a visual perspective. Uh, visual effects perspective, but also from a story per- perspective, and that it picks up, and I think it does a great job of of carrying on what the original Tron did. Um, you know, there's there's some there's some parts to it that are, you know, maybe lag a little bit, and um, but I think overall with the music and the visual effects, and and I really believe that the you know the Sam Flynn character was played very well. I, I don't I don't. I don't feel it. I think he did a really good job at uh, at playing that role, and you know Jeff Bridges is just was just excellent as always. Oh, always. So um, now, have you both seen? I, I assume you both have seen this. Yeah, yeah. we actually yeah. talked about this a few months ago. Uh, oh, okay. And how much I love this movie, <laughs> <laughs> and I need to revisit it for sure. I was like, it, it's funny you bring it up. Uh, John, because yeah, I, I I had heard people talking about it on Twitter recently because of, and I, I looked it up. It's February twenty eighth. Uh, it's hosted by Collider, that website. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're showing it in IMAX uh, with laser projection, which nice. Yeah, and in three D, obviously. And they have and then and they have Kaczynski's going to yeah, be there. They have Kaczynski oh, nice. doing Q and A. So uh, yeah, people were talking about it because they announced that recently, and I was like, oh, and I I think I actually rewatched the trailer of it like this morning, uh, and I was like, I should really rewatch it. It's and a was, gorgeous film. I was looking up uh, the Blu-rays, and and yeah, I, I think I might pick it up and revisit it because I I remember I don't remember it as fondly as I think some people do 
Uh, I know, Matt, you love it, right? I, I love this thing. Uh, I, it's one of the first movies I watched when I got my new TV, uh, and it's one of the prettiest things I've seen. Uh, and I've said it before, but Kaczynski has not let me down yet. I like his films. He's only made two, two so far, but I'm a big fan. Oh, that, that's, that's right. I'm definitely 50-50 on him, because I, I did not like... Uh, what's that one? Tom Cruise? What's that one? Mo- you didn't like Moon with Machine Guns? No, no, I did not like that movie. <laughs> oh, man, that's a fun one. What I is like that, that called? One. I forgot. Oblivion. Oblivion, okay. Oh, Oblivion, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was not... That's a, that's, a, that's a rough movie, give or take, I think, for, for most people. You, either you like it or you just don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't care for it. I'm a big fan of everybody in in that movie. I mean, who else is in that? Uh, who's who, uh, it's uh, Morgan Freeman. Who's um, the uh, female lead? Oh, Jesus, <laughs> I'm quizzing you on this movie. You should you should love Matt. Uh, what's her name? What's her name? Oh, She's, let me look uh, it up because this is going to Jessica Chastain. No, it's definitely not Jessica Chastain. Isn't it? Uh, it's Olga Kurylenko. That's right. Yeah, I am a fan of hers. You know, the one from that Bond movie that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> and also, I, uh, Andrea Riseboro. And I don't Nick, know who that is. <laughs> she's been in things. I'm sure if you look her up, you'd be like, oh, that's her. Uh, okay. Oh, that girl. Yeah, that girl. But anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, Tron Legacy. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. it I, uh, I mean, it should go without saying Daft Punk's scores. That's so good. One of the best scores of the last... Like how many years? Like, yep. Uh, it came out ten. No, wait, two thousand ten. Yeah, two thousand ten. Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, Tron Legacy. I'll revisit it. Don't worry. And, and good. if we're gonna talk about the female, I mean, we have to give a shout out to Olivia Wilde for her uh, for her role as Cora in this, which was uh, an excellent surprise. And I really liked that part of the storyline of Tron Legacy with the whole ISO thing mm-hmm. that they Same. were just, um, you know self-created essentially they just kind of appeared yeah these like these really crazy cool. the new form of life it's really cool what they do with the the story in tron and I yeah, like... and it go ahead john no i was just gonna say and i think you know as we were talking about um john wick and trying to get to chapter three and making sure and wanting to see what that what a trilogy of that will turn out to be it's i think it's kind of a shame that it sounds like disney is not going to revisit and go on to a third Tron film, at least at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a feeling that they canceled it just so they could reboot it in a few years, which is a shame. It's a real shame because they is. had a cool story going. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it would be a shame if they decided to go the reboot route rather than tr- try to pick up uh, where they left off. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> hey, but that's Hollywood, right? Yeah. That, that is Hollywood. They're so always- here does. Now, I know you you both are a little bit younger than me, but I was just curious as to either one of you ever played the Tron arcade game yes. that was out back in the day. I have not. Uh, All right, so, so Matt has. Yes, yes the, uh, there was an arcade over in Seaside Heights on the boardwalk a few years ago uh, that had like a retro room where they would have the, uh, the old school arcade machines, and they had a fully working Tron machine. Oh, that's excellent. Unfortunately, uh, Hurricane Sandy happened. Mm-hmm. And that entire pier went into the ocean, along with all of those arcade games. So that was depressing. <laughs> yeah, that is. I yeah, I remember all that. And yeah, it was that's rough a, that's because a tough time. Uh, even after Hurricane Sandy happened, uh, for the next few weeks, you could walk on the beach and actually find bits and pieces of arcade cabinets 
It was, oh. it was, yeah, it was really sad. Wow, I didn't know that, but okay. Yeah. That's they, terrible. They, oof. Yeah, that was really depressing to find, like, half a painting of Pac-Man. It's like, oh, oh man, <laughs> that poor guy. Speaking of uh, poor guys, um, Bruce Wayne. We're going to talk about, <laughs> yeah, his parents aren't around. No, his parents died. And he's a total dick about it. <laughs> At least, at least that's the message I got from the Lego Batman movie. You saw Lego Batman movie. After a long ordeal of trying to go see this movie, um, we went for Valentine's night because, you know, we're adults. And you, that's what we did you for and our Carlo, Valentine. Right? Yes. And so we drive, you know, about half an hour to this theater, and there's a note on the door saying, We had a power outage. Your tickets, your tickets, we can't open. There's no movie. Your tickets will be uh, honored at a local theater. So we drove another half an hour to go see this movie, and they gave us, you know, the free pass to go see it. So we finally got to see Lego Batman. Uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's fine. It wasn't, it wasn't worth the uh, the adventure you had to to see it. I got free Legos out of it. <laughs> they gave me like a free Legos toy. I got to <sighs> assemble Batman. I don't know. It's fine. It's that's your review. It's uh, fine. It's fine. I mean, it's if you like the Lego Movie and you like that style of animation, you'll have a blast with this. Uh, there's some really good jokes, uh, some really good inside jokes. Uh, Doug Benson is awesome as Bane. Yeah, uh, he is uh, the best part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, there's one part where he gets punched in the face and he like yells at Batman. He's like, "That was unnecessary," and like, <laughs> I thought it was really really funny. Uh, the villain cameos are fun. Uh, I mean, where else are you going to get to see Batman fight the gremlins? I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, the Eye of Sauron makes an appearance. That's lots of fun. Uh, I love Ray Fiennes as Alfred. I thought that was really cool. Uh, but overall, it's just... I don't know. It, it had, had a lot of parts that were like, just... We get it. <laughs> well, that's a shame. I, but hey, but hey! Shout out to Mariah Carey. She was awesome as the mayor of Gotham. Really, she's in that, and she and she's in it for about fifteen minutes. She actually has like a substantial part. Wow, uh, she is awesome as the mayor of Gotham City. I love her. Jeez, well, she has she has some really funny lines in this movie. I this is the one movie I kind of wanted to see before this recording, and now I don't know from the sound of it, Matt. I I don't uh, know if I should even bother. You'll. Uh, go see it. You'll probably enjoy it more than I did. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you, you know me. I, I don't. I don't really. You hate everything. I know. No, not everything. I, I, I tend to hate more things than you do. Maybe. Oh, most uh, definitely. But I don't know. It's it's fine. Uh, it basically. I think it could have been about half an hour shorter. This mm. thing's almost two hours long. Jeez, well, that's pretty long. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, quite a bit. Uh, but no, overall, it's it's good. It's a pretty good Batman story. But I don't know. Oh, let's just the next the next Lego movie looks cool. The trailer for that was fun. Oh, uh, Ninjago. Yeah, some kind of ninja movie, and it looks hilarious. So uh, I have no interest in that. No. Oh, I'll go see it because I like martial arts movies Ugh. with robots. Uh, John, uh, did you get a chance to see this? So I have not seen it yet. So yeah, I don't have any. Uh, sorry, I'm letting it. everyone down. <laughs> uh, sorry, Matt. Yeah, I, I've only seen what I've you know what everybody else has seen in the trailers and and stuff that I've uh, that I've read about it. Um, like how, you know, I love Batman. I love Batman stuff. So 
I mean, you would think I would enjoy it, but uh, it sounds you, like it's kind of it's kind of falling off a little bit. Yeah, are you gonna find yourself in a theater soon to to see it, or are you just gonna wait like for like DVD or Blu-ray? So I think that depends a little bit. Um, I suppose if I have some some extra time on my hands, which I haven't had a lot of lately, that I might definitely go try to check it out. Um, but I'm I may just wait for it to come out on yeah. Come out yeah, later. That's that's where I'm at right now. Uh, I think I'm just gonna wait. I think that's what's gonna happen. Because uh, I'd rather see a movie like Tony Erdman uh, at the Draft House this weekend. So. No, you're a jerk. <laughs> uh, hey, speaking of not speaking of jerks, those aliens in Arrival were kind of jerks, right? <laughs> I thought they were delightful, delightful creatures. They should have. There's nothing wrong with those aliens. They should have learned I mean, English. I mean, you know, I mean, sure, they were really <laughs> stubborn, but hey, they were they were magical octopus. They should have. They should have cut to the chase and just. Just learned English and just giving her the answer. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> it's my hot take on arrival. Have, then you don't have a movie. <laughs> Screw but that. anyway, John, John, you saw uh, Arrival. So I did. I I, uh, I picked it up on Blu-ray this week, and uh, I watched it Tuesday night, uh, right after I picked it up. And um, I I didn't see it in the theater, so this was my first uh, showing. To oh, it. okay, cool. And um, you know, I was surprised. It was. Uh, it was more thought-provoking than I thought it was going to be, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, I didn't expect... Because I didn't... I went into it knowing, okay, it's about aliens and and her trying to communicate with them, and but I didn't really know what the... Or what's the, you know, what's the outcome, what's the basis of, of what we're getting here. And um, so I did appreciate how they, how they brought that about um, and that it was... Um, and... and I guess if we're doing the spoiler stuff here, somebody, yeah. everybody has to have seen it by now, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's just say, yeah, spoiler for for the next thought from John. Yeah, go ahead. So the fact that the the idea of if you can see your future and you know an outcome and the outcome is 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 bad, right? But there's good in it too, and that you would decide to just go right, you know, go with it, knowing that even knowing that there's going to be this sad moment. Um, at some point and um you know because when the film starts you get that you get that impression that she's already gone through this mm-hmm. uh thing with her daughter and yet um of course as you come to the end of the film you find out that's just that's not true um and that she you know she gets to see her future and this is what is about to come about um for her so i i did like also the theme that the fact that the aliens came to to earth um, to help us, to help mankind unite, and you know, and finally stop fighting with each other and trying to to war with each other for the fact that in what was it three thousand years they're yeah. they need our help um, to save them. So yeah, it's um, it's it's a beautiful movie. I think. God, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do need to rewatch it. I've seen it twice already in theaters and. I said it before. It's like my. It's tied with my favorite scripts. It's tied as my favorite script of the year with The Handmaiden. So those two are my favorite scripts from last year, Arrival and Handmaiden. See, so yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, I, and that twist at the end. It, it hit me twice, uh, seeing it twice. So yeah, uh, and you say you bought it, Matt, right on Blu-ray. Yep, uh, it was actually an extra ten percent off with uh, Cartwheel at Target. Ooh, yeah, here. Uh, well, by this point, it's the Cartwheel. 
coupon's going to be expired, right? It ends on Sunday, um, right? Maybe. <laughs> Why? Cart- no, some- sometimes cartwheel lasts longer than the week. Okay, yeah. So, hey, uh, Target shoppers, look that up. See if you have. See if you still have a cartwheel for uh, for Blu-rays. Um, why, they why should? Yeah. Why? Why didn't you pick this up on 4K, Matt? That's what I did. Oh, you did get on 4K. <laughs> and you haven't watched yes. it yet. No, not yet. I haven't had time. Okay. We'll report Sorry. back on how beautiful that looks. Okay. Uh, the <laughs> the uh, cinematography and the uh, direction. Oh, uh, impeccable! There, there we yes. go. Oh, that Bradford Young—he's—he's he's going places. He's going places. He's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's, uh, DPing uh, the Han Solo movie, right? Yes. 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 He's pretty good. I, he is pretty good. I like that guy. Uh, anyway, tell us about Breach. What's Breach? Breach. Okay, I just, this is the movie is I wrote that, about. Is this that documentary that happened this week? <laughs> Funnily enough. Uh, Breach is about a a uh, person who works in the government who has been leaking information to Russians. Ha! Uh, yeah. Uh, based on the true life story of um, oh, let me look this guy up, Robert Hansen. Okay. Okay. Uh, true story. For twenty two years, he had been leaking information to Russia as an FBI agent. Uh, and in 2001, uh, there's this undercover operation in order to um, to shut him down, right? And to convict him, to arrest him, to stop him. And so in the film, Chris Cooper plays Robert Hansen. And okay. Ryan Philippi plays uh, the, the agent who is sent under, undercover as a clerk to, you know, to get information on him to finally convict him. Oh, okay. And that's the story. It, it's 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 prescient to what's happening uh, in this political climate. Speaking of like Russian influence, Russian spies. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> Marcel, you, you try to say that there's Russians involved in U.S. politics right now? <laughs> I that's don't. Crazy. I mean, <laughs> that's fake news. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not naming names. Uh, I'm not leaking anything, um, but I, <laughs> well, at least don't illegally leak it. I think no. really that's the key. Because <laughs> the 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 leaks are are fake. What is it? The leaks are fake, but the fake news is no. Wait, the news is fake, but the leaks the are leaks, real. The leaks are real, but the news is fake. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that means. Certainly, that coincides with some weird philosophical difference <laughs> in the administration. <laughs> But oh, yeah, but the movie breach it came out. It actually came out ten years ago today, in oh, wow. two thousand seven. So that's why I had an article out on Talk Film Society. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's a small movie. It's it's intimate, um, but it's it's an effective spy thriller. And uh, some, uh, I'll say like uh, the, the the real life Eric O'Neill, the the guy who helped bring this guy down, and who yeah. was played by. Ryan Phillippe in the movie, he helped with the production, and he made sure a lot of it was accurate. Oh wow! And you could you could you could kind of sense that for most for most of the movie, but there are moments where you know things are amped up just to you know create drama, and you know it it, it comes with uh, uh, you know making uh, a movie out of real life events. You just kind of expect that, but you know other than that, it's it's. It's highly effective. Uh, Chris Cooper gives a fantastic performance. I don't understand why 
you know, more people don't talk about him in this. Like, he's he's amazing in general, but in this, he, he gives an extended performance as this guy, Robert Hansen, who is like a devout Catholic who goes to school, I mean, sorry, who goes to church every day, who prays constantly, but who has this duplicitous nature where, yes, he is a Russian spy, and also there's another layer where he's like a sexual deviant. Where oh boy, he, that's fun. Yeah, in, in real life, and also in the movie, uh, they... They uh, they touch on like him recording him and his wife having sex and him s- mailing those tapes to his friends. Ew. Yeah. Wow. So wait, Chris Cooper's character? Yeah. The the, the, the spy. Yeah. So yeah, Cooper has to you know <laughs> embody this character who has like like at least like three different layers going on and even more maybe. And he he sells it. He sells he sells this like right wing bigot Christian. Who is also a, a, a sex pervert and also a Russian spy? So, and he was also obsessed, too, like too obsessed with Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, it's, who isn't? <laughs> but too obsessed. Uh, but yeah, that's that's breach. I, uh, I how I, is how's the Allstate guy? He's good. Like okay, uh, yes. I, should, I should say, <laughs> Laura, you're you're talking about Dennis Haysbert. He's great. Yes. He's always great. Him, Gary Cole. Like they play FBI agents who are kind of in this investigation who want to bring down oh, Hanson. Lumberg is in this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nice. This. Uh, but uh, Laura Lenny kind of steals the show as like the the lead agent who sends uh, Ryan Philippi into uh, nice. into you know bring down Chris Cooper. And I, I'll say one last thing about this: it has some some you know again it's like it's kind of like oddly prescient. Um, but there's a line where Chris Cooper, his character, uh, Hanson says he doesn't like women in pantsuits and he goes, the world, <laughs> the world doesn't need any more Hillary Clintons. So, oh, that's fun. And it's, and it's, and it's, uh, and it's fitting that Laura Linney has a big hand in bringing him down a, a blonde woman in a pantsuit yeah. who, uh, who shuts that shit down. So, and, yeah. Uh, ri- Written and directed by Billy Ray, which is pretty cool. Yeah, the Oscar-nominated screenwriter for Captain Phillips, and he yeah. he also wrote uh, Volcano. <laughs> <laughs> That's a movie. That's I've a- seen it. Uh, but yeah, I like Chris Cooper, uh, so I'm probably gonna watch this. Yeah, please do. It's like I said, it's like it, it's a small thriller, but it's effective. And yeah, Chris yeah. Cooper, he's he's front and center as like creepy, yeah. cr- creepy man number one. Okay, cool. Because uh, I mean, I'm watching him in a uh, TV series right now that he's terrific in. I'm Carl and I are going through our alphabetical marathon, so we're watching Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three, the Stephen King series oh. from Hulu, and Where he, he plays play he plays like basically this old guy who shows James Franco about time travel. Ah, uh, interesting. And he's basically his mentor, and uh, he's awesome in it. He's really good. He's always good. Yeah, I should see that show. I heard it's it's, it's awesome. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, it's really good. It's probably the best thing Franco's ever done. Cool. Uh yeah, so that was breach. Yeah. Give you know, yeah, uh yeah. It's again, it's pres it's prescient. Uh you know, Russian spies within our government. Fake news. <laughs> Not real. Uh talks about the importance of interagency investigations and case building and how mm-hmm. that's important. How you should not discredit not uh, belittle the intelligence community. Yeah, orange bastard. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Damn. 
Well, you went for it there. Yeah, yeah, you went you went hard in the paint on that one. That's a sports I, I, reference. I should I should also say I worked for the NSA as no such uh, agency. <laughs> Uh, when I was in the Air Force, so I it, it, I have like an odd connection to this movie because they did kind of they did screen this to us like in really? in, in in the in in my intelligence school. Uh, oh wow! They, they had a DVD and they one day they're like, just watch this movie. So yeah, <laughs> that's when I first saw it. So I don't feel like doing anything today. Watch this. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, it, it always bugs me when you know you know who uh, you know. Um, uh, just shits on the intelligence community because Mr. Uh, Mr. Picklefart, as we call him. Because last I heard, uh, a, a, a former high-ranking official. Oh God, what's the direct quote? Um, they're like, uh, "We're gonna get him. He's gonna die in jail." So he's yeah. like, "At this," he said. Uh, the direct quote is, "At this point, we go nuclear. He will die in prison." Yeah, that's right. So, which hey, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm all for the intelligence community. Anyway. At least it'll get him off Twitter. <laughs> When did the show become political? I don't know. Uh, uh, back when the uh, you know leading up to the election, I think. <laughs> you know what I'm in the mood for? <laughs> it's on love. I'm in the mood for love. Let's go to love. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, um, on Valentine's Day, I was uh, home alone for a little while. Me and the cartoon dog, you know, just chilling. So I decided to watch Wong Kar Wai's 2000 classic, uh, In the Mood for Love, uh, which uh, is probably my favorite film of, of that director. It's this really intimate story about these two spouses they who are you know they're married to separate people, but they live down the hall from each other in a uh, small little Hong Kong apartment building, and they you know get to they pass each other in the hallway, they pass each other you know getting dinner, and there's this like weird attraction they have, and then you know they go out for dinner one night where they basically reveal to each other that both of our spouses are having affairs. Are they having affairs with? each other who knows but basically it's them trying to not upset the social norms of you know 1962 uh but also trying to have some semblance of a friendship and relationship uh it's really pretty uh it's one of the prettiest movies i've seen just the way that like one car while have like musical interludes that are done in slow motion and they'll just focus on like abstract details of the scene and I just love what he does with that and uh, the two stars here um, Tony Luang I believe that's how you say it he was in The Grandmaster as well he's been in a lot of Wong Kar Wai and uh, Maggie Chung she she's also in this she is terrific uh, she's done a few other films with him uh, I love this movie it's uh, one of those ones that I picked up last summer during the Criterion sale and if you get the chance I totally recommend this one it's it's gorgeous and uh It'll uh, make you cry a little, <laughs> but it's very nice. It's it's a it's a very heartfelt and touching movie, just like all of his films are. Yeah, I uh, I've only seen one, I think, of his films. No, I think no, I think we've I think I looked it we've up. We've gone I've, over this before. Yeah, we? we've seen two. I mean, sorry, I've seen two. Yes, uh, you've seen two. I've seen three. Yeah, uh, yeah. I saw what was it twenty forty nine? Oh one? yes, that's one that I want to see. And Chucking Express. That's the other one. Yes. Um, That's another one that I want to see. Yeah. So we've seen opposite movies of his. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, if we work together, we'll see his entire filmography. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of his entire filmography, Matt, I think you've seen all of Michael Mann's filmography, right? No, I haven't. 
Oh, but you've seen... I've, I've seen most. There's two more that I need to see, but they were like made for TV movies, so I'm not counting them right now. Uh, but John, you watched The Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> I did. And so Hell this yeah. is a... Uh, absolutely. This is a, a personal favorite of mine uh, as far as movies goes. And, and um, I think it's a, one of the first movies I saw that really brought me into understanding Michael Mann as a, as a filmmaker. Um, I'm, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know what he did before this. So, uh, Manhunter, Thief. Manhunter, okay. Which okay. I've seen, yeah. He's, and uh, the Miami Vice TV show. Ah, okay. Which I wasn't a big fan of, but okay. The movie's but on better. To, yeah, the movie's better. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Last of the Mohicans, though, is, uh, you know, for anybody that hasn't seen it, it's a story of... Um, it's a story of a primary character called Hawkeye, who was uh, found by Native Americans, uh, by the Mohicans, um, when his family was killed. And uh, they took him, raised him, and so he was raised up in uh, in the Mohican family. Um, during and this is and this is pre uh, pre revolution time period, like the French and Indian War uh, time period. So. Um, to me, it's a it's a great time period piece to watch. I think it's uh, it really gives you a uh, a great perspective as to what things were like in that time, and I think they do a great job as as to bring that across in this movie. Um, though a lot of people, I think, equate this movie to one particular line um, mm-hmm. right before they jump into a waterfall. So, um, but I mean, the movie is much more than that, and I think uh, you know, from my perspective, this is another movie, and one of the reasons that I wanted to, to bring this up today as well was the fact that, like Tron Legacy, it has an amazing soundtrack. Yes, uh, it does. You, the score like, for this is out of this world. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's just, and that's something that I always enjoy in movies like this. If it has an amazing score, amazing soundtrack, um, it really sells the movie uh, to me. And this one. I have loved this score for from the first time I ever heard it, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's it's an amazing thing. But as and and from the film perspective of it, I find that I related myself as much as I love. And this this is the movie that brought me into understanding Daniel Day Lewis as an actor and wanting to follow his career and following him through and getting to see him in There Will Be Blood and. And all the movies that he's done oh, uh, yes. since this, but is I related myself when I watched this film to the uh, his the character's brother, which was named Uncas, as he's trying to save the the girl that he is quietly in love with, which happens very quickly in this film, um, which of course is is her name is Alice, and that's uh, Cora's sister in the movie. So if you, if you both have seen this, you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. So, I mean, I just, he's, you know, even though, and especially in that ending fight when he's, when he's fighting, um, with Magua, it's just that he, he know like he, you know, at, the, at a point he realizes he cannot win. This is a fight. He is not going to yeah. win, but he doesn't stop. And, um, and then she realizes that she has nothing left and then just steps off the edge, which was just like, you know, it's unbelievable. You're it's just brutal. Like, it really is. It really is. Uh, 
This was uh, this movie was actually uh, one that I was putting off seeing for years and years because it was the one that people hounded me about. So I kind of avoided it out of spite, and I'm okay. kind of upset that I did avoid it out of spite because <laughs> uh, it's really gorgeous. Uh, it has uh, I, I like seeing Michael Mann's eye applied to like a period piece. Uh, he can he can work wonders with that lens, and I just love what he does here uh, with the uh, the crisp colors that he has, like with like the foliage and everything. And uh, yeah, Daniel Day Lewis cannot be beat. He is awesome uh, in this movie. Really love him here. Um, I love uh, all like all the all the different. Um, what's what's his what's one guy's name? Wes Studi is fantastic in this. Yes. As yes. as uh, Magua, and uh, I remember seeing him as a kid in that uh, Street Fighter movie that happened. <laughs> oh, because uh, he was one of the bad guys in that. Uh, and then my dad's like, you know, he's in Last of the Mohicans. You should see that. And even as a kid, I'm like, no, I don't want to. Uh, so you know, I was kind of a brat. But I, I'm very excited that I finally saw this movie. Uh, I know that you can get it at Target pretty cheap. You can get the director's cut Blu-ray for about like five or ten bucks. Uh, and the transfer is gorgeous. I highly recommend that one. It's quite good. Yeah, it's one I haven't seen since I was a kid. I think they put this on. Speaking of like, you know, people putting stuff on in school, I think they put this on like in yeah. middle school for me years ago. So, yeah, I need to I need, I need to revisit it. I need to buy that Blu-ray. Uh, like you were saying, Matt, uh, it's pretty good. And hey, uh, you might get to see. Uh, one of Alex Miller's cousins. Uh, he's a writer for Talk Film Society. He was an extra in this movie. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, that's cool. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, Marcel, you they... definitely should pick this up. Yeah, I'll do Apparently it. Oh. they went. Ar- Oh, oh. I was going to ask you something, Matt, but go ahead, go ahead. I was saying, apparently they went around asking for um, Native Americans to be, like, extras, and, uh, well, Alex's cousin signed up. <laughs> I was gonna Pretty ask, damn cool. I was going to ask you about the cuts. How many cuts are there of this? Oh, yeah, well, we all know that he likes to, you know, do various different versions of his films, uh, and if the thing could load up, I could see. Let's see. Because there were, what, like, last I checked, like, Three cuts of Ali, right? Uh, yes, this is this is correct. Let's see. I don't think no. There's there's two cuts. There's the hour and fifty two minute theatrical cut, and then the hour and fifty seven minute director's cut. Oh, there you go. So it's it's not that much of a difference. Not much. So yeah, uh, I'll I'll pick up Last of the Mohicans. I'll see it because hey, I I don't know if you guys know this, listeners. I I like Michael Mann just a bit. Me too. Just a bit. <laughs> He's kind of the best. Uh, you say that, Matt, but uh, isn't there somebody else you think is better or just as good as Michael Mann? Yes. Uh, <laughs> John actually watched uh, one of my favorite movies from one of my favorite directors. Uh, I'm just curious as to what version of Kingdom of Heaven he saw. Which one did you watch? <laughs> so I watched a director's cut from the 10th anniversary Blu-ray set. Oh, excellent. That's okay, the that's one. the yep. good version. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and I've seen, I've seen both the theatrical and the director's cuts mm-hmm. of uh, Kingdom of Heaven, and, and there is no doubt that the director's cut is the only version anyone should ever watch. Oh, most definitely. The this it's the theatrical cut is such a studio hatchet job. Yeah. It jump. It's it's. 
you know, because you're, they cut out so much from that theatrical cut, mm-hmm. there are pieces of the story and the characters and the relationships you never get. And you're trying to figure out, why are they so close to each other now? Why does this happen? Yeah. And what is going... Where does this boy come from? What yeah. is happening? The, you the know, director's cut is close to an hour longer yes. than the theatrical cut. <laughs> it's it crazy. Is. It is. And, and uh, so when I watched it uh, the other night, I... I uh, you know, Ridley Scott does an intro on this. I don't know if he does it on the on another version of the director's cut or not. Mm-hmm. If it's only on this tenth anniversary one, so he does an intro into it. And he actually explains that um, you know this is the version everybody should watch and and goes into why. Uh, yeah, just that little bit. So um, yeah, it's it's a it's a fantastic film, and it holds. Uh, you know, I think it holds. It's it's something that everybody should watch. Um, today, especially because it does give you insight into the difference between the um, the historical struggle between Christians and Muslims, right? Yeah. Um, and the fight over over Jerusalem, which, as we know, even unfortunately, going back to uh, things from current events we saw this week, if you watched any press conferences, uh-huh. um, we're still we're still fighting over that piece of land. Uh, in general, still trying to decide what what Jerusalem is worth, and and it's a fantastic line in the film, you know, when when Balin turns over J- Jerusalem to Saladin, he he asks Saladin, "What is Jerusalem worth?" And he says, "Nothing." And as he walks away, he turns back, and then he says, "Everything." Yeah. And um, to so many, and that's what it that is what Jerusalem is to so many people. It's everything, and it's nothing. So, um, but I think, you know, Orlando Bloom does an awesome job in this film. It's, I think it's one of his best uh, performances here. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think he really, he really nailed the character. Um, I remember the first time that I saw it, I did not know that Liam Neeson was in it. Uh And I think he portrayed his role just excellently, even though he's only in it, you know, for the Really, for what is it like the first half an hour, forty five minutes? Yeah, about the first act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he has, but he has one of the funniest and and toughest lines in the film. There, when when they were uh, when he asked Balin to see what he's made of, and he's and one of the guy I forget one of the one of the other characters says something to him, and he goes, "I once I once fought two days with an arrow through my testicle." You're like, okay. yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right then, buddy. Yeah. You're like, all right, you're the tough guy. We got it. Yeah. You know, but I, I do love this thing. I, well, obviously I love Ridley Scott, but I, I like uh, the smaller roles in this. Like Ava Green, awesome yes. in this. I think this is probably like one of her first big, uh, big roles in a big movie here. And uh, I might have said this on the show before, but this is my favorite Edward Norton performance. Yes, he does a fantastic job. He is great, and it helps that I don't have to see his face. And I don't know if you... (laughs) And I know I've seen this, I've read this before, and I didn't know this until I think I've seen the movie two or three times before. I actually knew that was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never put it together, and then um, I had read something uh, not too long ago that um, he actually didn't want to be credited at all. No, he didn't, no. He just wanted to do the role, and... You know, and uh, and being part of the film and stuff. So, um, yeah, his role was interesting, and it's funny. You know, we've seen Tron. Le- I've watched Tron Legacy, and I watched Kingdom of Heaven. Michael Sheen's in both of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, it's a weird weird connection there. But um, 
You know, the other the other part of the movie is the the actor that plays the hospitaller. I think yes. that's how we say it. Uh, David Lewis. Yes. He did a fantastic job in that role and and um you know, I just love the just seeing how you know, battles and war was at that time period is just unimaginable today yeah, that that's how you would find something. Level. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Oof. we talk about you know, you think you you hear things like when we were when the the Iraq War happened the second time about shock and awe, right? And you watch yeah. that scene where the the Muslims are showering the city um, with catapults and and, yeah. and the fire and everything. It's just unbelievable um, to imagine that you'd have to sit through. So, but I think you know the visual of this the visual of this film and the. Uh, and everything is just it's just fantastic i mean it's an amazing time period to really uh have a look into and um and i think it does a good job of of portraying um what how the how the battles were even though i know for some people they feel it's a little more controversial because it was you know some people feel it's a little more uh lenient from a from the Muslim perspective, and then yeah. a little harsh on the Christian perspective, but I mean we have to be honest with ourselves. In that time period, both sides, it was a brutal time period to be alive and yeah, yeah, to try definitely. to to try to fight through. So I think he, I think really Scott did an amazing job of portraying exactly uh, you know how everything works and um, and what what life was like at that point. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of my favorite Scott movies, uh, that extended version. The director's cut, right? Yes. And, yes. I, I do have the Blu-ray. I have not seen the Blu-ray version. I've only oh, seen it's very pretty. I've only seen like, yeah, get on that. The, uh, the, the DVD version. But yeah, I, I had waited to get the Blu-ray version because I wanted the... Because uh, they hadn't uh, released like the whole Kit and Caboodle extended version until yeah. like just kind of recently, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad I have finally have the extended version on Blu-ray with all the special with all the same special features I think as the DVD, which is great. Yes, because he knows how to make a DVD. Ridley Scott, mm-hmm. yeah, that yes. he does. He's quite good yeah. at it. It's quite good. So Kingdom of Heaven, um, a real life disaster. I'm trying to transition into the next thing. <laughs> but then I had a lot of fun this weekend. You had a lot of you had your own disaster trilogy, right? Yes, I watched uh, what I refer to as the Holy Trinity of the uh, '70s disaster film craze. I watched uh, Earthquake, The Poseidon Adventure. Hey, that's the name of our episode, and The Towering Inferno. And I'm going to start out talking about uh, Earthquake uh, from 1974. It was released the same year as uh, The Towering Inferno. And oh boy, does it pale in comparison uh, (laughs) to Towering Inferno. Um, It's probably because Earthquake is a larger scale uh, disaster that the story threads really don't tie together all that well. Uh, I mean, there's this really weird tangent that goes on with a rogue member of the National Guard just shooting people for no reason because he's batshit crazy and it's what he wants to do. Uh, You have George Kennedy with a puppy just hanging out. Uh, You have um, uh, the original Shaft is playing like an evil Knievel character, and I guess he hangs out for some reason. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's not that good. And the casting is way off. Uh, you have uh, Charlton Heston playing the father of Ava Gardner. 
and they were the same exact age when they were filming this movie. So that's something. Uh, yeah, it was. It was either okay. Either he's his daughter or he's her his mother. I can't remember because this movie's all over the place, and it kind of just it doesn't care. It just doesn't give a shit. Uh, but then I watched the Poseidon Adventure, which was a childhood favorite uh, growing up. I love this movie so much. It is so much fun. Uh, it's basically it's that story of you know the ship that gets overturned by a rogue wave and Gene Hackman has to lead a group of survivors to the bottom of the ship so they can escape uh, and they are joined by you know Uncle Joe from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory uh, who's married to Shelley Winters who um, turning back to Kingdom of Heaven just wants to get to Israel so they can see their grandson. Um, it, this movie's awesome. This, the 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 effects are great. Uh, there's some really good, uh, really fun kills in this movie. The way people die, like you know, falling down uh, uh, shafts and stuff, and uh, it's really cool. And the whole five ten minute sequence of the ship turning over is awesome because they actually turned this entire ballroom upside down and had people actually falling all over the place, which is that's pretty dangerous. Uh, that's not something you really want to do. But yeah, I love the Poseidon Adventure. Lots of fun. And then I watched my favorite of the bunch, The Towering Inferno from 1974. Uh, this movie is awesome. Uh, it has one of the best all-star casts I've ever seen. Uh, from the uh, the duo of Steve McQueen and Paul Newman, who couldn't stand each other when they are on the set uh, or in real life. Uh, it was actually put into their contracts that they needed to have the same amount of dialogue. Uh, which is really difficult because... Steve McQueen doesn't show up until like 45 minutes in and Paul Newman is like the lead leading up to there. So he had already used up most of his lines uh, before Steve McQueen even shows up. Uh, you have William Holden as uh, the, the head of the building. Faye Dunaway's in this. Uh, Fred Astaire, who was up for an Oscar for this. Uh, even O.J. Simpson is in this as the head of security. Uh, the cast here is all over the place. And the story is really good. It's one of those large-scale disaster movies that takes place in an enclosed area but has characters you actually give a shit about, which is a rarity. I mean, I really love Fred Astaire's character in this. He plays like a con man who basically falls for this old rich widow and basically decides, I'm going to stop being a con man because I'm actu I am actually have feelings for this person. She's not just a grift anymore uh the effects are awesome they hold up uh, a lot of like real fires that they set in this on this set which uh is yet again pretty dangerous and pretty insane uh but yeah this is probably my favorite of any disaster movie not just from the 70s uh have either of you seen any of these <laughs> uh, i have seen poseidon adventure that's uh, a fun movie it is but i have not seen the other ones I, oh boy! I, I do own Towering Inferno though on DVD. Oh, like the, it's worth it's worth a watch. Yeah, that special edition uh, that I'm sure you have, Matt. That has like it's, the lobby cards and all that. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm actually using that to hold my Blu-ray. I put the Blu-ray, the DVD in the Blu-ray case, <laughs> and I put my Blu-ray in the package that has all the cool little extra goodies. Nice. But yeah, so, I I love the Poseidon Adventure. Uh, go ahead, John. No, I was just going to say that I've actually... So I've seen all three of these uh, oh, cool. at different points. Um, not in some... Earthquake is probably the one that I remember more than... A Towering Inferno, I remember for sure, as being the better, uh, yeah. you know, amazing film. 
It was up and for so many Oscars. <laughs> it was it up w- for yeah. Best Picture, Director, uh, Screenplay. Uh, Fred Astaire was up for Supporting Actor. Uh, shame, uh, but then you know, The Godfather Two happened that year. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things. Yeah, um, things happen, you know. <laughs> yeah, Earthquake, and it, it corrected me if I'm wrong, Matt, but Earthquake is the one where isn't that the one where Charlton Heston is trying to lower somebody on a chair with like a a fire hose? Yes. Correct. Yeah, that's what yes. I thought. Oh, yes. That scene sticks out. I don't. That's like the scene from Earthquake that sticks out the most to me, mm-hmm. um, as they're trying to do that because it's just so ridiculous. Yeah, but <laughs> I will say that the effects in all three of these movies are really good. Yes, uh, the, the practical effects in Earthquake for the whole like destroying the city, amazing. Yes, a lot, a lot of mixture of like miniatures and like life size models that they just like destroyed, and it looks really good. Yeah, I agree with you. And Poseidon Adventure is one of those films that so many other movies and um, TV shows have taken that that formula from. Oh yeah, most definitely. And recreated so many times, you know. Oh, a special shout out to Walter Matthau in Earthquake as the drunk at the bar who is so shit faced that he does not notice the earthquake happening around him. <laughs> it is wonderful. That he's is a, a good he, shout out. He's in a full on like hippie outfit, just and the, while the whole bar is like falling apart around him, he's just trying to drink that last shot of whiskey, and he just can't get into his face. It's awesome. It's so funny. Look it up on YouTube if you get the chance. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just not going to give up on it. That's that's no, what it really he, comes down he wants, to. He needs that Jack Daniels to get through the day. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. So that was your. Disaster flick. Was it? What would you call it? The Holy Trinity? Yes, I called it the, the 70s Disaster Film Weekend, and I'm probably going to do another one soon. Awesome. And I'm sure we'll talk about that on the future episode of Hey What You Watching. God, I had so much fun. <laughs> but for now, I think that was an episode of Hey What You Watching. Uh, it was. It was. Thank you, John, so much for coming on. Well, thank you guys for having me. It was a real pleasure and a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah this was fun. Definitely was fun. John, before we let you go, uh, it's plugs time. Where can the people listening find you online? Uh, so probably the easiest place to find me online is on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is jcs83it, and that's where I talk about politics and sci-fi and whatever else is on my mind at that current moment. But unfortunately, right now it's kind of overwhelmed with politics. <laughs> I think that goes for all of our Twitter feeds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. My my Twitter feed has risen, I think, ninety percent on political tweets since uh, the election. So, yeah, uh, I'm not apologizing for that. Don't. But you, Matt. What about you? Plugs. Where can the people listening find you online? As usual, you can find me on Twitter at the real Matt C. I'm pretty sure that's where John found me, and you can find me on uh, Letterboxd uh, uh, under the same name to make sure I'm not lying about what movies I've seen. And you can also find me over as the managing editor at uh, TalkFilmSociety.com, where we're putting out a lot of great stuff for you. Uh, spoiler, we just opened up the comment sections. <laughs> so uh, have a field day, folks. <laughs> yep. Comment away. Why not comment on this episode's page? Yeah. Yeah. Now plugs for me. Yes. Go to the website. Go to TalkFilmSociety.com. Follow us on Twitter at TalkFilmSoc. Uh, hope you enjoyed the Talk from Society Awards. Uh, congratulations to Best Film Winner, Moonlight or La La Land. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, follow me at Marcelo J Pico for all your uh, classy 
Jessica Chastain photos. Oh, so, made a comeback. Yeah, it's coming back. Full, <laughs> Jesus. Full time. All right. I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, and also, and also rate us on iTunes. Please do. Okay. <laughs> Thank you once yes, again. please. Help them out. Yeah, them on uh, why not? You, you've listened this far, so why not? Come on, be a cool guy. Let's do it. <laughs> or a cool girl, or however you uh, 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 want to pre- present yourself. There you go. There you go. It's 2017. Uh, <laughs> thank you again, John. Now thank you, guys. it's time for our signature catchphrase, Matt. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Thanks for listening, folks, and keep on watching. Yes. <laughs>